0: You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now instead of staying stuck in wishing and hoping and dreaming it was different? That is the question. And if you haven't taken our free course yet, unburdened, finding balance, living alongside autism, make sure you click the link in the show notes. It's www.notyouraverageautismmom.com forward slash free course and get registered. My name is Shannon Urkiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. And in this free course, I teach you things that I learned along the way that changed my life. And I live this autism parenting journey day in and day out, just like you. All right, stay with me and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 129, Getting a Grip on Escalating Behaviors. Well, hello there, my friends. I am so glad that you're here with me today as I dive into a topic that is absolutely no fun to talk about, let alone go through. And I'm sure that many of you have been there, you know, holding on to something so tightly that you're trying to take away, or dealing with the kicking and screaming in the back seat all the while you're trying not to wreck the car on the highway, or trying to ignore all the stares from the onlookers when. You're just in the parking lot trying to get them in their car seat or in the car. I get it. And those moments, they aren't fun. They are chaos. And the truth is, that is autism sometimes. So the question becomes, how in the heck do you handle them in those moments without losing your ever-loving mind, right? Well, the good news is that there are some strategies, and that is what I'm going to talk about today. But on the flip side, the bad news is that there will probably be times that absolutely none of these strategies will work. Nothing will work. And you might just have to tuck yourself in the closet and cry it out when you finally have time. And that mama, that's okay too. It happens. And I have been there more times than I like to admit. Yet here I am. I made it through plenty of those times. And I promise, so will you. So we've recently had some of our moms having some struggles with de-escalating aggressive or hostile behavior and how to get away from your child when a struggle ensues. Now, before I get started on this topic, what I want to assure you is that aggression is one of the most common challenges that we as parents of a child or adolescent on the spectrum face. If you are dealing with this, you are not alone, and if you aren't, hopefully you never get there, but what I'll tell you is it never hurts to understand what to do if you ever do get there. I also want to say that if you have littles, it is so important that you set boundaries from a very young age, and do not ever allow them to physically touch, hit, or push you. Basically, those are non-negotiable and they are not tolerated. And I say this because I have worked with many moms who somewhere along the way, they lost this battle. And as your children grow, this can put you in a very dangerous place. So Jordan is way bigger than I am. He weighs 240 pounds, and let me tell you, if I had not made those boundaries very clear at a young age, I know for sure I would have been one of those moms because he has moments where his behavior is unpredictable. But because I set those boundaries at a very young age, I have never to this day worried about him Physically touching, hitting, pushing me, no matter how angry or upset he got, and he never has. Now, we did have a couple altercations, maybe twice, where I was trying to take something, probably an electronic device, physically out of his hand that he did not want to give me. And we struggled back and forth, but never physically put his hands on me or anyone else. And it's important that we learn how to decrease challenging behavior so that it doesn't become dangerous for you, for your child, for other people. And most of the time when their behaviors are escalating, They have entered that fight or flight mode and they are in survival mode. So we can't use logic because the thinking and reasoning part of their brain is shut down. So then what do we do? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to define what is the challenging behavior that you want to focus on, right? I always talk about choose that one thing to focus on at a time. So you have to define what that challenging behavior is. And I want to say too, there is a difference between a tantrum and a meltdown. No matter how old your child is, and it's important to understand that because how you handle it will be different depending on the circumstances. If their behavior is a result of a meltdown, meaning something in the environment that has their sensory... Or nervous system out of whack. They can't handle it. It's important that you remove them from that environment. And if you've been here a long time, you might remember I talked about in a previous episode about Jordan having an epic meltdown in Home Depot. And I had no idea what was going on. And come to find out, it was the noise of the fluorescent light that my brain filtered out but not his. And that sent his sensory system into overload. So in this episode, I am focused more specifically about the negative behaviors that are associated with them not getting their way, with them wanting something they can't have, with them not wanting to engage in a non-preferred activity, those types of things, and then acting out in a negative and unacceptable way. Much of what I'm going to talk about is actually what not to do, because the truth is what you do, what we do in those moments often can make things worse, right? Our emotions get the best of us. We become frustrated, annoyed, agitated. We feel defeated. We're embarrassed if we're in the middle of the parking lot. I know. I get it. But when that happens, we aren't able to use that thinking and reasoning part of our brain either. So during challenging behaviors, it's important that you remain calm and remind them of what they can do instead of that behavior. So for example, I'll tell you, this is what I say to Jordan, remember, we have agreed that I will not talk to you While you are frustrated. I will not talk to you when you are calling me those names. I will talk to you later today when we both feel better. And at that point, I walk away. So another thing, find a way to change the environment. So for example, if engagement in the disagreement begins in the bedroom, walk out of the bedroom to the kitchen or even better, walk outside if possible. Because just changing the scenery and even just getting some fresh air or sunshine can just lower that temperature just a little bit. In that moment, don't try to tell them to calm down or stop because it doesn't matter how nicely you say it, their nervous system is dysregulated and that will often cause their behaviors to escalate. Something else that I learned. And this is really, really important. You want to validate their feelings because all of us have feelings and our kids are no different. Although so many times they don't know how to express them and communicate them, which is often where their frustration boils over, right? Just like us, they have every right to be frustrated, mad, disappointed, whatever it is in certain situations. Or when something happens that they aren't happy about. But regardless of how they feel, there are behaviors that are unacceptable. And that is what we need to teach them. So validate their feelings first. I know you were upset because the library is closed. And you wanted to exchange your books. But calling me mean names and throwing things is not going to make the library open. Now, this is something that we have worked on for years with Jordan, and I never thought he was going to get it, but I will tell you just recently, and I mean, literally, I think in the last three months, it's like something finally clicked. Me saying these things over and over and over again, a thousand times something finally clicked and he is no longer blaming me or his incredible caregivers at the center when things don't go as planned. He handles it so much better. And it's funny, I'll give you a perfect example of this. So yesterday was his sister's boyfriend's birthday and we were supposed to go out to dinner with them. We were going to take them out to dinner and Late last, late the night before, uh, Maddie called to let us know that Dalton's team, because he's a baseball coach, had a game out of town, so we weren't going to be able to go to dinner that night. Well, I didn't tell Jordan that night. So, of course, as soon as he got up yesterday morning, he reminded me that we were going to dinner for Dalton's birthday. So, I had to tell him that we weren't going to dinner for Dalton's birthday, and immediately, He was visibly aggravated and not happy about the plans changing. And so I just simply said, we can't go to a birthday dinner without Dalton since it's his birthday, right? He said, right. I said, and there's nothing he can do about his team having to go play out of town, right? He said, right. I said, so whose fault is it? He said, no one's, which is what I have focused on for years, y'all. All All the while, I can visibly see him calming down. And then I just said, but don't worry, we're going to figure out a night really soon where we can all go out to dinner. Is that good? And he said, yes. And immediately went on to ask me where we were going, what we were going to have for dinner. But it was so easy. And like I said, I never thought we would ever get here. Yet here we are. You know, feelings and emotions can be so confusing sometimes, but I want to give you a, just a little something to remember. It's just kind of an easy way to kind of remember these things. Sadness needs comfort. Anger needs patience and boundaries. And fear needs safety and reassurance of being safe. So let me say that again, sadness needs comfort, anger needs patience and boundaries, and fear needs safety and reassurance of being safe. Another thing I like to mention is proximity and personal space, because this, for so many of us, we need to remember this. And when emotions are heightened, personal space, proximity should get bigger give yourself more space between you and them. Now, for the majority of our kids, trying to touch them, hug them, move them, pick them up, will likely escalate things. But for some kids, it's the opposite. They want to be hugged by you. So no one knows your child better than you. You have to decide what works best. Whatever you do, do not try to reason with them. Remember, the logical part of their brain is shut down and it is not working now that leads me to talk about what is important to do after the fact and that is find a time when it is it is good for your child not when you're in the midst of a behavior but when it's good for your child like for us i know if there's anything i need to talk to jordan about Right after breakfast is usually the perfect time. His medicine is kicked in. It's a good time to talk about things that we're going to change or things that we want to do. So the first thing that you have to do, like I said earlier, is identify the behavior that you're working to improve. Then you have to set boundaries for yourself that you are willing to uphold no matter what. And lastly, you have to set consequences. Consequences that again, you are willing to stick to and not give in. So let me give you an example. We had a member whose son got very upset because dad was going to be checking his mp3 player because even though he knew it was against the rules, he was downloading inappropriate music. And they did the right thing. Dad told him that tomorrow Before the baseball game, he would be reviewing the songs on the MP3 player. And you've heard me say plenty of times that letting them know in advance when something is going to happen is usually a very successful strategy. Well, this didn't sit very well with him. And he was mad. And he told them that they have no right to look at his MP3 player, that it it is his. And here is where the problem ensued. He kept engaging and screaming and getting louder and saying mean things. He was fixated on the situation and wanted them in that moment to agree that they would not look at his MP3 player. So the question is, what can you do when you don't want to engage with him or her when they're in that state? Now, in that specific situation, the behavior of him demanding a response and continuing to engage in a nonproductive way, that's the problem behavior. So now you go back to where you find the time to talk about this behavior when it's a good time and you share with them what your boundaries are around that behavior. Now, for every family, this is different. So I can't tell you what your boundaries will be. But what I can tell you is that you must be prepared to stick to them. Now for us, at one point in this journey, telling him that he could not call me a bad name or flip me the bird wouldn't have been effective because those were his go-to's. And remember, the point of boundaries is for them to learn and ultimately be able to be successful, right? Now, for us now, we are in a very different place because we have done this work. We went through some very hard times to get here. When I tell you our home had many times of chaos, because that just honestly is the nice way to put it, I promise you we did. There was plenty of name calling and door slamming and Jordan telling us that he is the boss of himself. There were more tears shed by me along the way than I like to admit, and I honestly never thought we'd be where we are today. But we were committed to being consistent and doing what we said, even when it was so hard. And here we are. So after you have set your boundaries and you tell them what these are, then you set the consequence for them breaking that boundary Jordan is very aware of our boundaries and the consequences and he knows that we follow through and I honestly I will never forget the first time I said if I hear you say that again you will not have your electronics for a month (laughs) yep you know it of course he said it again and guess what that was the very first time that he lost his electronics for a month and I will tell you it was exactly what needed to happen at that time and I remember Dave and I realizing by the end of probably the first week how much more we liked him without electronics because for Jordan he is he's just a different person without having constant um handheld electronics on a daily basis now since that time You know, we've completely removed handheld electronics with the exception of special occasions. And so now there's no more fixation on the next time he gets them. And please know, I am by no means suggesting that you do this in your home. But for us, we finally, after many years, we just learned that this what that works for Jordan and us. And it makes our lives so much better because when I say he was obsessed, he was obsessed now another thing that i recommend um is and and i just said that he lost his electronics for a month but what i tell him is that his behavior did not earn him electronics for a month so i think it's important that you when you're talking to them um You don't want to say that you're taking things away, but instead they earn them for their behavior or their chores or whatever it is that you're working on in your home. Because when it is up to them, they begin to connect the dots. They begin to realize that cause and effect, right? That it's not you taking their privileges away, but instead it's all up to them. It has nothing to do with you. And listen... When you, you mama, when you realize, when you really believe this too, you will also show up in those situations completely different because it's no longer about you. It's not you punishing them, you taking things away. It's all up to them. I want to remind you too, there is no strategy, technique, There is none of that that will work immediately, right? Do it once they got it. Yeah, no, nothing in our world works like that. It takes commitment and doing it over and over again. And that moment when you want to give in and not do what you said you would do, because I know in those moments of chaos, giving in feels like exactly what you want to do. I did it hundreds, if not thousands of times through the years. But just remind yourself before you do that if you make that decision, you will have to start all over again at square one. And everything you've done to that point goes out the window. So let me just recap and touch on a couple other things really quick. During problem behavior, it's so important that you remain calm and remind your child of what they can do as well as what the consequences are for the behavior. Pay attention to personal space. Look, allowing personal space tends to decrease a person's anxiety and lessen that dysregulation. And something else, the more out of control they are, the less likely they are to hear your words in those moments. So be mindful of your own nonverbal body language, like your facial expressions and the tone of your voice. Because if they aren't hearing your words, those nonverbal things, that's what they're focused on. You cannot control their behavior. No matter how much you want to, you can never control another person's behavior, even your child. But how you respond to their behavior will have a direct effect on whether the situation escalates or de-escalates. I want you to do this. In those moments, I want you to tell yourself things like, I can handle this. Those are only words. They are not personal. And remind yourself I know what to do I will get through this we will get through this they are not giving me a hard time they are having a hard time because telling yourself those things will help you maintain your own calm the other thing do not ever answer challenging questions when they are challenging your authority ignore the challenge So when your son says, tell me that you will not touch my MP3 player, don't answer that question. And instead, you want to bring the focus back to the problem behavior that you're working on and that consequence. So instead of answering the question, you want to say, you will not have your MP3 player until next Sunday because you downloaded inappropriate music. When your child invokes you to engage in these difficult times, you must remove yourself from the situation. And remember, you have already talked about what you would be doing, right, your boundaries in that conversation that you had ahead of time. I will be removing myself, shutting my door or their door, going outside, whatever it is, but they know ahead of time and you should remind them in that moment when you're doing it, tell them that you talked about it, you had a plan, and agreement, and that is why you were going to your room and shutting the door. Now, if you need to tell them that you'll check back in 10 or 15 minutes, do that. There is no one way or right way to do this. Every one of our children are different. So it's a lot of trial and error along the way with the exception of a few specific must-dos, which I've already talked about. But you must uphold the hard consequences. If you downloaded inappropriate music, we will delete them, and you will not earn your MP3 player for seven days or three days. Or if you call me mean names, I'm going to go for a walk or go to my room, and you will not be earning, you know, whatever it is, ABC make the rules set the boundaries set the consequences remind them of them follow through with the consequences and most important remember they are in control of having the things they want not you it's all up to them and honestly that is what i would tell jordan i would say you know i don't care if you have your electronics It does not impact me at all, but I know that you want them. So I really hope you remember that when you make the decision on how you're going to act. So lastly, I want to leave you with this. Finding out what will work for your child will take time and effort. You have to be up for the challenge. Even in the most difficult and challenging moments, especially when it feels so hard. Hard times make strong people. And we all know strength along this journey is a necessary component because it's a turbulent ride. But the truth is you were made for this. And even when you don't think you can, you will. All right, mamas, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for choosing me because trust me, I know that you have so many other things that you could be doing and podcasts you could be listening to. So really, thank you. And until next week, have a great week. And remember, above all, you, mama, are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to ask you to take a minute and write a review. That's how we reach more moms just like us, and that is how you can pay it forward to help another mom who might be struggling right now. I also want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom membership. That's where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you can get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. When you become not your average autism mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are not your average autism mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website, www.notyouraverageautismmom.com, to find out all the details. And listen, if we're not open for new members right now, make sure you join the wait list so you're the first to know when we open. We hope you do. We would love to work with you inside.